Hey everybody, we are back. We finally have uh, broken our uh, spell of sitting around and working on a bunch of other projects and getting back into the flow of, you know, just having some fun wine conversations and chatting about what's going on. Uh, it's a crazy time right now, especially with the virus swinging around. And honestly, we, we need to get back into this a little bit. So today's episode is one of our Cabernet conversations. Figure this is the best way to get back into it. And uh, unfortunately, I made an error at one point in it when we were talking about the mountain ranges of Napa. I had mentioned a point about the Mayacamas and then the other side being the Viacamas, and I meant to say Vaca Mountains, and it's because I'm stupid sometimes. So ignore that, laugh at me, whatever. Uh, either way, enjoy today's episode. Uh, we just kind of get back into it, talk about virus. Uh, we talk about what's going on in the restaurant and food industry and look forward to see what we can do on the podcast as well as what's going on. So take care, everybody. Enjoy the episode. back <laughs> oh my god fuck it's been a while since i've had to hear my own voice it has <laughs> honestly it's been way too long i know it has we, we've it felt like an eternity that we took off right there I, I, th I think everybody needs a little break here and there on certain things though yeah you know and it gave me an opportunity to listen to some other shows and some things that people are doing horribly and kind of adjust and kind of get ready for this next generation of what we're going to do yeah, you ever have that moment where you have like nine million things you want to say, but you don't know where even remotely close to start? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so much has happened over the last couple of months. And like checking things around me to see where I put stuff. <laughs> so long. My paper has been under here for so long, it's self-folded I, 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 somehow. I actually used your folder or all the paper okay. because I needed the uh, steno pad. So. Totally forgot. I have a calendar in here that the last thing I wrote was on in May. Crazy. Yeah, but it's not... I don't know. Maybe that was May. I don't think it could have been that long ago. I guarantee my girlfriend gave this to me being like, hey, here you go. Plan your life out. And one week. You know, the, the, <laughs> and then trash. The ones they have that are like the moleskins or whatever they are, they're great because you can actually pull out the year and add a new year oh, into it. Oh, yeah. Because things that. like that, like what if you forget to use it for a year and you grab it the next year? Like, fuck, it's out of date. That's, right? all, that's all 2019. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, though, now I have a phone that actually got like... I actually use my calendar on my phone for the first time in my entire life. Now that I have all these things, especially like now that we like we're looking at getting that bar open, it's constantly like, okay, what's this date? What's this date? What's this date? What's this date? Well, once that gets all under control, we'll have an actual calendar that will be all linked up on it anyway. Yeah. So especially like once we start doing guests again and bringing people on for the show and yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy. So, so welcome back, everybody. Cab Cabernet Conversations, episode number three. Right. I'm so, glad we're doing this one, too, because I stared at my wine fridge like, where do I want to begin? Do you want to get into some Barbaresco? Do you want to do some single vineyard? I was like, there's no reason we should do one thing because we're going to talk about just a bunch of random stuff today. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, we're not going to talk about a region. We're not going to go after a single no. winery. We're not going to talk about... I just want to talk about the state of the wine world, the restaurant business. And just the world a, in general. Just have a cab Cabernet conversation. Yeah. You know, I love the whole theme of that, how we could just like throw that in once in a while, pop a bottle of cab. The whole thing is always an older vintage. Yeah. It's something we could just enjoy and just really bullshit about person. the industry. Yeah, man. You know, with, with what's going on right now with the great, you know, national toilet paper shortage of 2020. Oh, my God. I've never had to ration toilet paper before. I never thought that would be a sentence I'd have to say is rationing toilet paper. I never thought I could make, like, two rolls last me, like... A month. <laughs> Dude, people have been like slowly like, all right, not using four sheets. We're just going to use three sheets on this one. Probably like the worst thing that could ever happen is if you actually end up with like diarrhea right now oh because you're like, <laughs> the worst thing you're thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to go through all my supply. Water bills are going to be a little <laughs> bit more expensive because people will just be in the shower instead. It's so bad. It's crazy. I went to the store today. Still? The, the store had some things. Actually, I scored two bags of rice. I was stoked about Whoa. that. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> but gold there, buddy. But still no no toilet paper. There was like almost no pasta. I mean, I make my own pasta, so. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy the amount of like things that people were like, okay, it's a pandemic and it's not like a global ending pandemic, but one enough where they went, toilet paper. That's what, that's the key thing to have is toilet paper. Like, 
why? And why is it still sold out everywhere? Why? How, really, if you've got 50 rolls, you are going to last an entire year. And you know you're rationing, so why are people still buying so much goddamn toilet paper? Well, I'm seeing these videos on like the internet of people that are like making like uh, walls to make their pets jump over and shit. Have you seen this? With all the toilet paper? Yeah, they do like a row and make their dog yeah. jump over and then two rows high, then three rows high, then four rows high. It's like, really? I could use one of those rolls right now. Right, and then their dog probably touches it and they're like, oh, I don't want to use this now. <laughs> it's hilarious that restaurants and bars are doing a buy a martini, get a roll of toilet paper to go special and shit like that. <sighs> they were doing it's that so at one of the weird. breweries. Yeah. Like, I saw that it was a bag. It was a four pack of beer and a toilet paper. Totally roll. Like that. Dude, I had people stealing toilet paper <laughs> from my fucking restaurant or the winery the week of it happening. And I remember I looked at my staff. I was like, don't put toilet paper in there. And before I had that sentence done, they were like, oh, it's already missing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Who does that? That's what was happening to us as we started having our toilet paper rolls disappear. And somebody stole our soap dispensers. Oh, that's really weird. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I feel like I've had to lock and key absolutely dumb things. Lock and key toilet paper, hand sanitizer, paper towels. Meanwhile, cash drawer, wide open. Nobody gave a shit. They're yeah. like, ah, fuck money. We need toilet paper. It's like if I leave my like doors open, windows open, somebody's going to break into my house and steal my toilet paper and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's becoming like the new currency. Dude, the bidet industry is loving this right now. There's there somebody out there who's only sold like three bidets a year, barely makes his rent, and he's like, oh my God, it's my time to he's shine. He's a bidet billionaire now. Bidet billionaires. I mean, all it is is just a garden hose, basically, at this point. God, it's so funny. I mean, I really could not believe... One, that this has even happened, and then all the random shit that's sold out and how certain things have just become super difficult to get. I mean, and also some of the idiocracies of it. I mean, like, the bank can't walk inside, but you can use the teller machine. It's like, not teller machine, but the... The ATM the, machine. Or but, the, but the automatic one where you put the, the little tube, tube in and yeah. shoot it up with air. It's like, great. So I could take a tube of air and shoot it into the <laughs> fucking bank. <laughs> like, that's would be a t- terrible terrorist act. You just breathe into the tube and stick it in there, launch it back across. Bye. And then, not and to that, mention how many people touch that. I was say, yeah, I got to grab a tube that everybody else has touched nonstop, and then it gets shot with a thing of air into the fucking <laughs> bank. So that's like, you can't get away from the fucking. If, no. I, if, if I did cough in it or something like that, it's just going to like turbo it shoot it into the bank. <laughs> can't come in the front door, though. Uh. Like, I can go to the grocery store. Like and, and you have to use your ATM pad on like that. You know, they're not cleaning that ATM pad every single time you type in your numbers. Like I got my dog's medication the other day. You know, he's like, yeah, go ahead and enter the card. Stuff didn't hit the buttons. And I was like, well, that's not clean, but oh, well. They had it covered with plastic, but it was like, great. So everybody's touching the same plastic. It's like. <laughs> so stupid. Like the people that wear gloves. And then as soon as they're done touching stuff, they grab their phone and they go to the gloves with their car and touch their credit card. It's like, you know, it's not. It's, yeah. a, it's like a chef that puts on gloves to cut chicken and then goes and grabs her phone with those chicken gloves and then goes in their pocket with her chicken gloves. Yep. It's like... It, honestly, it's it's pretty much impossible to get away for it short of you staying in your house permanently. Because even your Amazon driver or UPS driver, somebody dropping a package off, like I, I you just don't know. Honestly, it's, it's the craziest fucking time I've ever lived in. And... It's almost a joke. It's real serious. Like, obviously, it's serious, but the way people are treating it is such a raging joke. I, old Town Scottsdale, there's nothing but old people walking around without masks on. They clearly don't care. And these are the people that'll die. They're like 90-year-old people just shuffling along all next to each other, having a good time. There's yoga in the park. Like, nobody cares. It's I mean, like, it's not the city that cares. I saw people at the grocery store today. Some of them had gloves and no masks. Some of them had masks and no gloves. Some of them, like, a lot of them were just like me, had none of the above. Yeah. Like... I mean, I, I, I'm not... And, it's, and somebody's going to lose their mind over this one, I'm sure. But I'm not taking it seriously because I... I like I think you and I had it back in January because I have never been that sick. I had all the symptoms of it. And it wasn't until, what, May, March, February, we were like, huh... All those same exact symptoms were the same. And now I know for a fact I've been in contact with somebody a couple of weeks ago through a healthcare clinic thing, and I'm, I'm fine. Doesn't mean I'm not asymptomatic or whatever, but I don't know what to do anymore because I have to work. I have to go get things. I see more people on a daily basis I've never met just outside walking around. I mean, even if I walk my dog, everybody's out in their front yard. It's just, it's crazy. It was very weird at the grocery store today. It was very, like, solemn. Like, it was kind of quiet. Like, yeah. I felt like I was, like, walking to, like, a funeral home or something like that at the grocery store today. Like, funeral home's going to be banging in certain states. That's unfortunate. It was really weird. Dude, yeah, right? It's the weirdest thing ever. We live in a first-world country, and 
the things that are falling apart are really ridiculous. And the toilet paper one is for some reason at the top of this stupid ass pyramid of things I'm, that people I'm, are hoarding up. I'm telling you, what if this was all organized by the toilet paper industry? This was fucking Charmin, uh, <laughs> Charmin movie. Yeah. It's all, it's a cabal of toilet paper. They, they all got together like a bunch of like evil masterminds. Like, Whoa, we have an idea, right? <laughs> Although everybody believes nine 11 was done by the oil industry. <laughs> the coronavirus was done by the Charmin. Those teddy bears they put on the TV. Those are the people who gave it the coronavirus. Totally. Just shitting on trees and wiping it like, with Charmin toilet We'll blame paper. it on the bats, not on the bears. It's the, it's the bats. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. Dude, Corona beer stopped production a week ago. <laughs> That's how bad it is. It's like, well, I mean, there's can't sell this. Their stock mark, their stock is in the fucking toilet. Like my buddies overseas, they've been buying Corona like crazy because he's like, it's half price. I go to the store. All the beers are still pretty much normal priced, except for Corona's half price. He's like, of course I'm going to buy it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even know. The next episode, though, we're going to do a Corona beer one, I think. We'll just we'll taste all the Corona beers. Yeah. Might as well. Super insensitive, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll, it'll be <laughs> oh, the, well. the, the... Here. Before oh, yeah, you get cheers, started. Fucker. Cheers. And Corona. Dude, the new Kobe is now the new Corona. So instead of you making a ridiculous shot and yelling Kobe, every time somebody sneezes, you go, Corona. <laughs> it's so bad. But, you know, some good things are coming out of this. You know, I mean, there are some good policies and procedures that are going to end up out of this. I mean, people are finally learning how to wash their hands. <laughs> people are learning. I don't know, how, man. People, people are learning are... how to, like, cover their mouth when they sneeze or cough. There's a lot of dirty motherfuckers There's out there. There's a lot of dirty people. We work in the restaurant business, in the bar business. We wash our hands all the time. Literally, probably the one industry that's eating it the most might be actually also technically one of the cleanest. Yeah, totally. Because we're the ones that actually care about cross-contamination. We, yep. we think about that all the time. Though there is a lot of contact. Because that is the one thing that's going to change about the restaurant business. Yeah. Is people hug. People, like... You know, someone comes into a restaurant, go into like Nona and she hugs everybody or you're like, well, yeah. shake everyone's hands like it's that's going to that's going to change. And, you know, if you're at a bar, you're drinking with your friends, you're yelling and laughing really hard. So you're definitely like projectile and Corona on everything at this point. And the way everyone shares everything. I mean, also or like the concert entry, the joint sharing thing. Oh, the, like the, the, that would be I don't even know how you could do it at this point. But like. Because that was always the thing. Like, someone lights up a big joint at the, a concert, and you just pass it along, and maybe it comes back to you. And if it does, who knows who fucking hit that? But you're Dude, still going to hit it. Everybody who bogarted friggin' a joints throughout their entire lives or blunts their entire life are like, they have an excuse now. Be like, no, bro, I don't want to uh, share my joint yeah. with you. The, no, I don't want Corona. The one hitter industry has got to be just cranking right now. Right. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, Raw papers, the, the, the joint rolls, zigzags blowing up like crazy. Oh, I know the marijuana business is blowing up because people are stuck indoors. You ain't got nothing to do. Yeah. And ironically, it's probably one of the worst things you could do right now is smoke. Oh God. For a lung virus. Some people have got to be losing their fucking mind. Like imagine living in an apartment and having a stoner next Store constantly coughing from bong hits. You're like, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> guys, got to be like, mine's blow. He's coughing every day. <laughs> oh my god. Every time he sticks out, he's just like looking like through the people. Like that fucker left. <laughs> I mean, but there there's some cool things happening. You know, one. A lot of musicians, a lot of people are putting concerts out and doing special things to help entertain themselves and us. Because people are stuck indoors. So I'm actually able to see and be part of some really cool events. There's musicians that are doing concerts in their home with their other bandmates in other homes are just doing collaborations. Or father and son duos are doing stuff from famous musicians. Right. There's uh, famous bands that are releasing old concerts. Like tonight we're going to be watching the, the yep. Dinner in a Movie by Fish. So what each band member comes up with a menu of food, like their home recipe... And they say, cook this, and you get to eat this meal along with 20,000 other fans of the band. We're going to show you a concert that we've never shown before that we've recorded. Right. So you get to sit around and eat, and they're going to, there's like streaming parties. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of kind of cool stuff that's happening with this. Yeah. And, and it's definitely changing the game on what people are going to do virally at this point. And not virus wise, but literally viral. I've never seen, yeah, right. I've never seen more videos being put out of some really cool unique project i'm seeing more weird challenges of like uh like my favorite one so far has been um the 
it's the I think the Smithsonian or one the Getty Museum, where they like recreate a picture like and so everybody's recreating these old like oil paintings like in their house and it, they're hilarious and really creative what some people do the dogs jumping over the stuff you know people pranking each other all the time like TikTok's blowing up Snapchat probably got even bigger everything is on do Facebook Live that one uh, website everybody uses Zoom has been blowing up. You know, speaking of like people doing stuff, shout out to Yusuf over here. The social distancing drinking club is genius. Hey, let's all just get together and virtually do something online and drink with each other. See, that's a cool idea. I do want to touch, though, on what is happening in our industry because what he's doing is he's taking a bunch of people that are in the industry. Some of them are just big beer collectors. and They're all popping different beers, talking about what they're drinking. And it's um, they're not really sharing with each other, but they're sharing their stories about how they got it and just kind of having a conversation. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. What's happening, though, is that there's all these wineries and importers and distributors are trying to do these virtual wine tastings, and they're missing the mark. Huge. Have you know, okay, so I've seen a few of them. I've been asked to do a couple of them. I actually have a corporate event right now asking us to send them wine, and they're going to get 50 people online to watch us on a, Doom, a Zoom thing. And I'm like, I don't... I, I don't want to do it. I mean, I'm going to find a way to try it, but I haven't seen one thing I've enjoyed. Okay, so... Doing it your way or what you just said, one little thing that would work is the fact that they're going to have the wine in front of them. Because what these wineries are doing is they're basically, it's not a virtual tasting. It's a watch me drink. Oh, so they're, so people don't even have the wines. No. Yeah, that's These wineries that's are like, here, this is my wine collection. This is what I have. And this is a winery going, here's my release of 2013. Here's my 2014. Here's this. Here's how I made this. Here's how I made that. Here's my punch down. So they're basically, it's a virtual tech sheet. And they're, they're boring. It's a person who's not a salesman. They don't have a, necessarily a great personality. Or even if it is a salesman, the last thing you want to do is sit there and just stare at somebody while they drink. So what am I? I'm going to drink a beer while you're drinking your 2013 Howell Mountain? Right. Like, really? It's, you're bragging at that point. You're yeah. like, oh, I have this wine and you don't. What they should be doing is selling a special club for a special price. I'll mail it out to you guys for pennies on the dollar so I can get rid of some wine and we can do a virtual tasting together. Pop your bottle. I'll pop my bottle and we'll all drink together. Yeah, right. Especially if you have a bunch of library stuff or a lot of cool things, which I, I would be intrigued about a lot of American wineries that don't have that ability to. Because there's so many new wineries that are popping up every single day in some way or another. And that they don't just be like, okay, uh... One one month from today, you know, here's your shipment, a 10, a 15, and our new release cab. Boom, it's out the door. And then that way you can sit there. But if you're by yourself opening up your own bottle, doing this virtual thing, you got to then drink probably a whole bottle doing it. Like, like sell it for a discounted price, mail it out to everybody, and do a virtual tasting with them, and do something really cool. And you're going to build, it's going to pay for itself in the long run. It's going to pay for itself years in the future, because it'll be like, wow, that was really cool for... Hartwell to send me their normal wine for half the price and I got to drink it along with the winemaker as he explained it. That's a really cool concept. Yeah. Having the winemaker pop bottles and have me stare at a video screen of him drinking it is not a very cool concept. No. It's kind of boring. Like, we're a little different. As our, I've thought a lot about our show during this whole thing because our show is a little different because we, ours is about conversation. Ours is about everything from the state of the industry, the knowledge behind it. You know, yeah, we'll the, get the, to talk about the fall at some point. Yeah, but it's not like, oh, here's this bottle. It was aged this much in this amount of oak, and it was punched down this many times, and it was picked on the 13 at this kind of bricks, and this pH, and this TA, yeah. and this, that. People don't, don't always want to hear that. Yeah. It makes and, sense if you're making the wine. It's like the arc, It's like the guy who builds the house. I don't care what timber you use to make my house. I don't care what drywall you did. I don't care what the electrical was. I want to make sure that when I turn my switch on, it works. Let me know what the layout of the room is, the paint that you're going to use. Like, that, I get. Yeah, and it's not like this winery in Napa Valley is talking about the valley and the history and the guy up the street and what the neighbors are doing and what this person is doing. Up the, it's, it's literally a virtual tech sheet that they're reading. They're... You know, I'm getting hints of berries and cherries. Dude, I and want the and I want the history of that's why I like I like the smoking gun from uh, Cole Ballantyne. Like the story of smoking guns, cool. They shot and killed. Not they, not Cole did, but like back in the 1800s, this guy was shot and killed on a train or on the the platform of a train. They left him there, and there's the whole story behind the gun. There's a whole story to that. I like those kind of things. Like Italian guys, oh, we hate that guy. That's why we separated. We built that brick wall. That's why we call this winery bricks instead of you know something else because that guy sucks. And then they have a whole 
crazy story. I want those stories from Napa. I want why the neighbor hates them, who had an affair with that person, what guy rolled and tumbled down the hill and fell into it. Goes, that's how I bought my vineyard. I was so drunk, I literally fell into it. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm. They some of these people just have great ideas, and I've I've watched or thumbed through a couple of them. Most of them are pretty boring, and every time I see one, I'm starting to cringe now because now everybody wants to do it because they think it's such a great idea, and it's like. uh it yeah, could yeah. be, but you're missing the point. One, we have something special, and we've talked about this, is you can create a radio show, but you're not Howard Stern. Yes. Right? So you could create a wine drinking show, but if you're not Levi Dalton, who's the, I'll drink to that, or you're not, you know, you, you and myself, or Yousef and his show, I mean, he's got a great personality. He's one of the reasons why that show is successful yeah. right now. Because you could have... Five boring dudes sit around drinking beer together, and it'd be a boring ass. It's just show. five boring dudes sitting around. Yeah, totally. It's all about the personalities, and that's where they're really missing out. And once again, I, I have trouble reading wine books. I, when I read a wine book, it makes me want to drink a glass of wine. Yeah, because I'm like, well, this sounds good. Why now? I want to try a Galliopo. You know, now I want to try this Falangina. Now I want to yeah. try this, like, and, and that's that's people miss the experience of drinking. And this is where I think. Psalms are missing a huge thing right now because a lot of the Psalms in the nation are not doing anything. They're not doing Psalm. They should be doing virtual Psalm training classes and virtual things. Like they're missing a huge opportunity right now. One, they have time off. They never have time off. Usually they're either at their restaurant for 50, 60 hours a week and then they're at their Psalm tasting groups the other 20 hours and studying the rest of it. So they don't have time to do this kind of stuff. Right. So now that they have time to do it, they're not. I don't see any Psalms doing virtual tastings. Our local restaurant Psalm community is not doing Psalm training courses. They should be. They should, they should come up with, hey, come pick up samples from my restaurant. We're going to open up a bottle. We're going to put it in the little sample jars. You all could take it home, and we're going to go ahead and virtual blind taste everything and go through it all virtually and watch everybody. That would be something that would be interesting. Dude, that's not a bad idea. That would be great to watch the, the 20 local Psalms try and – break down and blind taste stuff weekly on a virtual show. People would be like, they'd be like rooting for their favorite Psalms to get it. Like almost like a game show in a way. That would be a good, like a virtual game show of, all right guys, I, you, you all came and picked up all these wines. Let's see who can get these. And yeah. whoever wins gets almost like a, gets something like, like, like the Psalm showdown. Like it's like the top 16 Psalms in Arizona head to head against each other, trying to guess what's in the glass. Right. And that would be something that would have a lot of views and have a lot of traction, get people excited about like the Psalm March industry Madness style one. Yeah. You could actually see how these Psalms taste when they're actually going through professionally tasting it and breaking it down instead of just like, Oh, berries and cherries. I mean, it kills me. It really does. Cause I mean, then again, I'm not taking advantage really either. You know, well, we've got the ideas. <laughs> we do. But I don't, I don't, you know, there is a social distancing that you have to have. I don't want to necessarily have guests on the show right now because no. you don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they could drop something on the microphone. Now the next person gets it. Who knows? Yeah. I wonder how long Corona even lasts on like a, at an atmosphere. I know they're on our surface. I know they've said somewhere. They, they don't know anything, anywhere from one hour to 18 days. Probably. <laughs> sounds all right. They have no idea. Ugh. Plus, the amount of people I'm worried about who don't have toilet paper, I don't want to come over here. That's why we're not shaking hands, probably. It's nuts. I was given a roll of toilet paper from a brewery the last day they were open. A thing of one-ply sandpaper <laughs> that I'm still like working Oof. on. And then I got two other small rolls from a restaurant that they gave me as a gift. Like, this is like a gift now that people give, like, hey, it's like drugs. We're like, hey, man, you want a hit? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, man. Want a little bump on I got, I got some <laughs> little money. <laughs> I got I got some one ply, but if you you got the money, I got the two, two ply. <laughs> Ooh, that's good stuff. That Colombian two ply. Shit, this is sourced it's that California dank toilet paper. Th this is sourced from the redwood forest in California. Mm -hmm. This is it's <laughs> a homegrown toilet paper. O only thirty seven rolls created of this batch. Oh. <laughs> like, right? It's uh, it's the most ridiculous goddamn thing. I, honestly, the amount of things I get I hear about. From uh, let's start with that mid February to now, like when when the toilet paper craze started, like that lockdown, that first time they said, "All right, that's it, we're closing up everything," and everybody went out with toilet paper. All I've heard in two months is toilet paper, how inept our government is at doing things, how stupid teenagers are for constantly going out, and goddamn Joe Exotic. It was like the four things I cannot stop hearing. All I hear is Carol Baskins killed her husband. Joe Exotic got exactly what he deserved, and I do toilet paper. Like, that's it. Like, 
We have really centered on only a few fucking topics right now. Uh, uh, O.J. Simpson tweeted out the other day that Carol Baskin killed her <laughs> husband. I do. And like the comment was like, hey, I'm glad enough an authority on this situation finally yeah. chimed in. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. Did you end up watching the Tiger King? Oh, the yeah. The whole thing through? Yeah. God, that was fucking nuts. And then there was, another, there was another one with O.J. Simpson where he came like walking out of some place like he was wearing a mask and no gloves. You're like, if anybody should be wearing gloves, it'd be this guy or something like that. <laughs> Like, Gloves don't fit. The, the meme, you don't get sick. The, the, the meme game in America right now is spot on. It really is. Mm. Oh, Joe. This wine's delicious, by the way. So they went ahead and uh, released the follow-up to Tiger King last night. What, what's the follow-up? Tiger Prince? No, it's a, it's a follow-up. It's a Joe McHale. He's a former comedian. Yeah, it's um, a talk soup dude. Correct. He does an interview with all the people from it and was kind of like the follow up. Like, hey, have you seen it? What kind of like celebrity like clout do you have now? Oh, I see you have teeth now. Like <laughs> dude, dude with the three chompers. Did he actually have teeth? Oh, he's got a full row of chompers what? now. Totally. They were asking about like why he didn't have a shirt on the entire like series. They were asking whose idea it was to film the hitman in the tub. Because <laughs> like, it's so, so fucking weird. weird. That, that was a weird part. That's right. He did. Didn't he just get into the tub? Like, yeah. He was like in the tub doing his interview. <laughs> Dude, to be fair, that's not the weirdest thing of that show either. I mean, I can't even place my finger on what is the weirdest thing of that show. Right? It's, that was the biggest train wreck of a documentary I've ever seen that was well put together. Well, they were saying that it is, it is the number one documentary of all time. <laughs> like by he far. Got, he got as famous as he wanted to be, just not in the right way. And... Uh, yeah, they were in, they didn't interview Carol Baskin, but they interviewed Jeff. They interviewed the dude with no legs. Uh, that girl with no arm. Uh, yes, which is actually a dude. What? Yeah, that's another thing you're like, it's actually a dude. Is it and actually they kept, and a they dude? Kept, and they kept calling him or her through the whole show, and they asked him, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. But I know that nobody in that show has a full set of chompers. Nobody has a full set of anything, apparently, in that fucking show. <laughs> Jesus. That is probably one of the greatest things to help get people through like this whole entire like pandemic is the release of Tiger King. So Halloween is going to be toilet paper and Joe Exotic costumes. Like, crazy, oh, there's going to be a lot of Joe Exotic costumes. To- yeah. But they were asking him, like, who, who would play you if they make an actual movie out of this? Oh, dude, it'd have to be David Spade. Uh, they had... As um, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Matthew... Mo- that, yes. That was my guess, but they they were saying like some people were saying like oh I'd have Matthew McConaughey play me like one of the guys would be uh, the director guy. They asked him and he said Billy Bob Thornton and I'm like man they actually kind of look alike. Oh, that'd be inter- oh yeah the original guy the one that lost everything yeah the cra- how about the crazy culty dude the one that everybody just kind of sidesteps because they hate Carol they hate Joe or like whatever. Meanwhile this guy has his what do you call him, like angels or whatever, lose their name at 14, work on his place, call him basically a god, and everybody just kind of brushed that off because they thought Carol Baskins killed her husband, which, by the way, she fucking did. Let's that kid That will be a meme. She, she 100% did. That will be a meme for a yeah. long The lady time. is 100% guilty of it, or at least 99.9%. Even my mom, my, we were in a random conversation the other day. My mom just texted me, like, in the middle of the conversation, like, Carol Baskin killed her husband. I was like, what? Dude, that's, uh, by the way, if she didn't do it, she literally is in the worst position on the planet for anything. Well, I guess it doesn't affect her, but other than the annoying, what she said, she had drones and people hey, constantly Hey, all you her. cats and kittens out there. Oh. <laughs> Whatever it was. Oh, hi, all you cats and kittens. Uh, kittens and ki- your cool cats and kittens. That's what it was. Oh, God. You know when somebody says something so stupid, like your insides hurt physically? It's like, oh, you can taste the bitterness in your mouth. You're like, that was the worst thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy right now, though. If you think about it, like, like there's like major locust invasions happening, like in parts of the world. The pandemic size is going of on. New York City size locust plagues just obliterating Ethiopia. It's nuts. Yeah, and that's uh, nobody cares except for Ethiopians, apparently. Why? I mean, yeah, the good old pandemic. So we're yeah. going to be probably talking about this here over the next couple episodes. Yeah, Putin can officially now basically be president for life, or at least till 2032. They rechanged their entire constitution for him. That shit just got dusted over. Yeah. 
It's unlimited amounts of things. On the plus side, there's dolphins in the uh, Venice canals now again. <laughs> Have you seen the pictures of like L.A.? Dude, it's the, clear. They posted a picture of L.A. the other day, and I, unlike I've ever seen before, like crystal clear was like shiny. Like I was like, oh my gosh, it's fun. It's crazy because everything we were told we can't do, we clearly just did. You know, we yeah. can take breaks, we can give people money, we can take care of all these things. It goes to show that everybody who says and says, "Oh, billionaires make this country." Uh, not as much because now that the entire workforce is closed, it's all the billionaires asking everybody to like donate to other people. Yeah. And you're like, uh, bro, no, fuck you and your creed. <laughs> it's, it's really nuts. Even when you go outside right now, like it just smells fresh. Clean air, it's clean air. Right. I mean, they have reversed 40 years of global warming in a matter of three weeks. Just everybody stopped for like well, a little bit of time. Well, we've said it. This was basically mother earth saying y'all calm down. They just it, put us in timeout. She literally told us all to go to our rooms. Yes, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, you know what? You all ain't going to fix it. I, I got this. How come mother nature is a redneck? <laughs> Cause you just gave me the y'all. Y'all <laughs> need to go <laughs> to your rooms. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I can say use. You, that, that's use an need, Italian. Use need what, the would, what would Mother Nature be if she was a person? Would it be like an Italian mother who's constantly supporting you and cheering you, and then the second you get out of line, she just slaps you back down, hits you with something. See, maybe I, a redneck. I, mother. I think of I think of her like an Italian mother. Like I'll take good care of you, but don't fuck up because I'm gonna whoop your ass. Mm, I like it. You know, or or like. Like a southern, uh, uh, a southern mother. I made you. I, I put you into this world. I'll take you right out yeah. of it. Kind of a mother. <laughs> I will slap the fucking global warming right out of your ass. We'll literally slap the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> yes. She did it. <laughs> like, but it's crazy because they're like, all right, I'll give you a couple of years to figure out and like to figure out this global warming shit. And you guys, nope, you guys couldn't figure it out. Go to your room. I got you. I got you. Oh. I mean, I. I Think about Arizona right now. I mean, normally it's 100 degrees by now. It's beautiful out there. It's been so windy. The temperatures oh, are cooler. Man, it's been perfect weather. This has been the best spring I've ever experienced, even though I can barely go outside and experience it. <laughs> <laughs> I walk to work, and you know, I don't see anybody really along the way until I get to that park area where my winery is by, and then, of course, everybody's there. But, dude, it's so nice outside. It's fun, too, because I like I backpack over without a T-shirt on. I'm like, I wouldn't normally do that because I feel all judged. And you're out here. I don't give a shit. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, does not matter. Nobody yeah. cares anymore. Nope. It's fantastic. The fact that everybody's walking around with a beer and the police are just like, you know what? We have bigger shit to deal with. We don't care. Just that, keep it in a cup. <laughs> that's another one. Pretty much drinking while you're driving is totally okay now. <laughs> yeah, I saw a guy with a drink in his hand. After you mentioned it to me, I'm like, bullshit. Nobody's that stupid. Sure enough, at a stoplight, and, dude was just chugging a beer. No, I'm like, I, God damn it. I want to know, and I was thinking about this earlier today, is are we going to go back to the point where you can't sell booze to go like this? Or are they just all of a going to say, stop? Or are they going to say, okay, you guys actually did a good job of this. You can continue. Right? Like, yeah, a lot of those, because I have a lot of to-go stuff. I mean, that's all people come up to mind. They get a bottle or they can get glasses to go. Yeah. So, or the, the people that are selling martinis or punch bowls to go. Like, okay, here's a, basically a one gallon jug of pre-made punch from my bar. And here's eight ice cubes. And now you have so punch to go. Here's the weird thing. Technically, that law kind of already existed, but it was usually in a closed container. Now, what a closed container now is what defines that. Does that count as a plastic cup with a lid? Because that's a closed container. Just wrap some tape around it. Growlers with tape around it. You know, originally it was just the bottle had to be shut. That's, that's the law. 30 plus percent of your liquor license, depending on what kind of thing you do. Not restaurants. Restaurants are the crazy one. The fact that they were just like, man, get rid of your inventory. Do whatever you need. That's what's crazy. That, I think they should. I think at this point, fuck it. Just let everybody sell to go drinks. Yeah. Now, there is a problem that some restaurants are doing, and I'm going to address this to any of our restaurateurs that are listening to this. People that are trying to sell wine to go, and they're trying to sell it at close to restaurant markup, and, no. they, and they wonder why people aren't coming by, are missing a fucking huge opportunity there, too. Sell that shit for retail and sell food attached to it. This whole, oh, buy two entrees and get a bottle of wine off our list for half price. Well, you know what? Your bottle of wine for half price is still way more expensive than retail. Right? At that point, you're selling retail. Sell your shit for retail price. Quit. Don't let nickels hold up dollars. And these people are people aren't going to pick up that bottle of wine and that two entree meal from your restaurant because your bottle of wine you're you were selling for a hundred. You're trying to sell for fifty. I can get it for twenty five at the fucking retail store. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? So, restaurant wise, though, what do you think about you know if you're like a maple and ash? Uh, what's the one over at uh, the hotel lawns? Or like, honestly, even other ones around the country, if you're built on your seller being 
famous like um you have these crazy old vintage wines like are do you knock that down to retail no you cost like you got vintage stuff you could charge whatever you want that's supply and demand that do you even sell it because what if you if you need to keep your doors open obviously you're probably going to have to sell it but then if you come back later on and let's say let's say you were famous for being the drc restaurant well you just sold all of it now you don't have it I wonder if that's going to hurt certain businesses in the end. Because, I mean, a lot of people have some really crazy-ass sellers in the area, or restaurant-wise, at least. I think if you're going to do it, the way you do it is you sell the stuff you can buy more of, you can get more of, that's available. Like, you you sell your current vintage of Hartwell. You sell your current vintage of... You know, if you're getting your Silver Oaks or your... Even if you're talking about collector wines, your your DRCs or your Screaming Eagles or your, you know, whatever your allocation is... Just sell it. It's okay. It's not gonna kill. But if you have something that's like a ten year old vintage or something that you're gonna that you're marking up quite a bit, if you don't have to sell it, hold on to it because that's your spectator grand award. That's your future. Like, and I know a lot of people aren't selling their wines to go because they know when this ends, they're gonna open their door, and if they've sold all their booze, they have to write a check for their booze. Well, that's a crazy thing too. Is everybody's who's offering stuff like the the people who have to be taking this the worst are going to be breweries because breweries have to constantly make fresh things. And like a Goldwater, I, every time I walk past Goldwater Brewing, they're constantly bottling something or they're making tanks of some things. But if you're these big ass, massive, you know, four peak style breweries, what do you make? Because if you're not doing one offs and it's not fresh, nobody's going to take it four, kind of a thing. Four Peaks just put out a press release a few days ago that said, listen, our beer needs to be drank fresh. Everything, even the stuff they mass produce they're needs to be off in their kegs right now. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. So they just did this whole amazing deal, like 25 to 40 percent off everything. And they're like special order ahead of time. We'll have it ready for pickup because they have to. It happened to me once. I was running a bar and the Four Peaks ambassador knew that I had a kilt lifter on tap. And he said, listen, I want to show you what fresh kilt lifter tastes like versus what you got from your distributor. I was like, huh. What I got from the distributor was maybe two weeks old total. Like by the time it was like kegged, sent to the distributor, sent to my restaurant, and I was pouring it for a couple of days off yeah. tap. And I was like, literally, I just got this one in. He goes, I'm going to bring another one. He literally filled up the keg and brought it to me. They tasted like two separate beers. It's crazy, right? Because it was so fresh and it was so much more vibrant. And I mean, it was literally almost like two separate beers. So if you're a brewery that's producing volume like Four Peaks, that's used to having a packed tasting room, from the time you open to the time you close, they got to be sitting on a lot of products. Not to mention, if let's say 50%, let's say, let's, we'll keep using Kilt Lifter as the example. All right, 50% of your sales for Kilt, your 50% of your sales of Kilt Lifter are restaurants. Well, they're all closed, so they're not selling it. Okay. So now you have to cut your production in half. And even then, okay, now what? Because if you don't have your tasting room open and people aren't buying as much, okay, you cut that by another 20%. All of a sudden, you're making. 10% of your volume of Kilt Lifter, which is, let's say, 10,000 gallons from the 100,000 gallons you might make. Do you even bother to put it in kegs at that point? Or you just, you know, like, bottles to go? And then how do you all of a sudden restart this whole chain again back to the massive, massive production levels that you had Kilt Lifter at? Like, it's just, that those to me is what, this whole restart is going to be, I think, crazy as much as this fall. not like literally fall, but like the fall of the restaurant industry in America is devastating. It's unbelievable how much this impacted our industry. You know, that mortgage crisis hits in 2007, drifted into 2010s. I was fine. I actually had more business at the restaurant I was bar managing at the time because more people were out drinking and just spending money because you're not spending like a crazy amount of money when you're out buying five, six dollar beers kind of a thing. But everybody I knew who was a realtor, mortgage person, banker, anything in that industry got crushed. This is a direct impact on our industry more than anything else. And the restart of the restaurant industry borderlines on me almost impossible because the vast majority of restaurants, small crap breweries, was all home money. It's all family money. And now most of these aren't going to be around anymore. So now what's the next thing? If all your breweries, let's say 50% of all American breweries go out of business, which is that, what would you say on that one podcast? 9,000 right 9,000. Let's say 4,500 breweries are done. If this, if let's just pretend this ends in July, because most of them aren't going to make it three months, then what? Like all the beer drinkers still exist. So now does Budweiser and all these guys who have the ways and means to jump back, just crank out cheap, whatever beer. And all of a sudden Budweiser just explodes in profit again because they're the only people left standing. How about restaurants? Is it only chains that are going to make it now since they had the money or did they eat shit too the same way, you know, like a local mom and pop did? 
I, I this blows I, I, my mind. I don't see this restart being good. I think this could hurt the big boy even more than the little guy because you think about if you go to a concert, you go to an event, you go to a baseball game, you go to a basketball game, you're not necessarily buying like Red House Brewing beer. You're not buying Haas or Helton. What are they what are they selling the most of? What are they selling tons of? Miller Lite, Bud, Bud Light. Light. So, I mean, every concert event, every sporting event, every, every major sponsor, by the way, is those big guys. Yeah. So and where's that money going to come from? If you need, if you need twenty million dollars for like Coachella, hey, we need Bud Light to, or who? InBev, InBev sponsors Coachella. I'm just saying, I don't know if they do or don't. And they know they're going to get all this money from InBev to help make Coachella happen, and they get all the beer. Well, if InBev goes, shit, we don't want to spend $50 million on all these things. Now all the concerts aren't going to be happening because they don't have the sponsorship from them. But at the same time, at least Budweiser has the ability to quickly mass produce some stuff just to crank out and get going and weather this storm. I mean, it's a massive company. I feel like they could weather this way better than all the small yeah, guys Yeah, but if you, you think about it this way, if, if you're a a small brewery and you're doing sales of say a million a year and you lost 40% of your sales, you lost $400,000 a year in sales. So you're still bringing in 600,000 a year. Yeah. If you're Budweiser and you're a billion dollar company and you just lost 40% of your sales, you just lost 400 million. But (laughs) here's the difference though, where that money is allocated. Renthouse probably has almost no advertising budget. Budweiser probably spends $400 million on average just, oh. just from Bud Light alone. That's, that's a couple Super Bowl ads. Exactly. Hey, how many how many times, like, I don't know how many times I've seen at a baseball or football game, it's just Bud Light or Budweiser, whoever, whatever everywhere. beer of the thing is just Every, fucking everywhere. I, I, yeah. So now they might go away, so that's going to free up advertising space like crazy. I don't know. I, I mean, this... I The seriousness of it is what it is from a disease standpoint, but if looking past it and they say, all right, we're free and clear. Once the vaccine comes, I think that's when the real restart really hits. But man, this it's this power vacuum is going to be insane where people fill in these gaps of whatever restaurant went under, who's coming in next, because commercial real estate is about to become dirt cheap in this country. You, you, gotta, you can look at it in a lot of different businesses. I mean, you can't go out. I can't get my hair cut. <coughs> I did this myself last week. How many people are going to go to people's houses now and cut it, by the way, it looks... Fantastic. Looks pretty good. You needed the three little razor lines. Yeah, with the shade, didn't didn't turn out so bad for like a, cu- a couple drinks and a beard razor. You <laughs> should you should have grown a rat tail out for uh, as long as it goes. I'm, I, if this goes another a little bit longer though, I am going to do the mohawk though. I, like I it. did fuck up by not doing the mohawk. I wanted to do that though. Dude, my hair is so long at this point. I'm just like I, I don't even care at this point. I'm yeah, I, I, f- I felt like a Napoleon Dynamite when uh, <laughs> the one kid cut his hair. Yeah, because I was like I was like my head was hot. I was literally sitting there going, my head is hot right now. Like, I just was like, I got to get rid of it. I got to get rid of it. I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, just went in the fucking bathroom and... It's funny. You and Sarah both, man. Sarah had scissors ordered in from Amazon, the little, like, undercut one. So she chopped her shit down to really short. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to learn how to cut their own hair over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I bet there's going to be probably more massages at home, not to be aware, but literally people just be like, well, I'll do it at home. Haircut people, instead of being at a salon, might travel more, go to your house and just deal with cleanup. I see a lot of these specialized industries being less in places and more in in your actual home. Because also, if you do work from home, and I think this will be a huge benefit for our industry, let's say you went, shit, why do I need to have an office? I could do all my stuff at home. Well, great. Now everybody's going to be at home doing their work. And while they're doing their work, they'd be like, oh, I'll call my barber and they'll come over and cut my hair at home. Or uh, I can do something else from home, whether it's deliveries, massage, whatever. Chiropractic, doesn't matter. But then they're going to be at home all damn day. So the second they're off their shift, they're like, I'm going out. There's going to be a lot more out drinking, a lot more food being eaten out. I just, I think more people will go out late at night now because they'll probably be at home way more. Yeah. So that could be a good thing for us. It's weird, man. It's it's fun to predict what could happen and watch the exact opposite happen. Totally. We're going to become like player one where everybody stays at home and never leaves out. Well, I here's my prediction. Wines, especially from California, are going to be the cheapest you'll ever see them in pretty much the last 15 or 20 years coming up in the next two. That's my prediction. I think that the wine industry is about to take a massive hit. Oh, yeah. Because they know what how many cases they have to sell every single month to get through their 12 months to get ready for the next release. 
while they were already going into this year having the big one of the biggest harvests they've ever had, some of these people, they picked 25 30% extra fruit this year than any other year in the past. They were already sitting on fruit from the, the years prior. California wine drinking took a hit this year. Wine drinking America took a hit with all the uh, seltzer waters. We talked about this on one of our last episodes. Yep. So I have a feeling there's going to be such a plethora of wines. People are going to have to dump it, and they're going to have to get rid of it, and they're going to have to sell it cheap. And I think you're going to be able to buy some banging wine for a cheap price. We got this for a song and a dance, and this is one of the best Napa cabs I've had in a long time. Yeah, this like, is a fantastic wine. I can't on, believe what we got it at. 2013 vintage. You know, on most lists, this would be on a restaurant list. It's probably somewhere between 100 and 150 bucks. Easily. On a restaurant list. I'd say retail typically should be 80, 60, 80, 80, to, 80, 80 to 100 bucks. Yeah. So I looked them up, obviously. Once you introduced me to them, of course, I immediately had to go like, oh, well, where are these guys? Because the one crazy thing to me is obviously... It's a unique label in itself. So, Kala Lily, for anybody who wants to see it or anybody or listening to us. Uh, Ultimate Red 2013 Cabernet. Um, you know, they their wineries in Pope Valley. And if nobody knows where Pope Valley is, it's literally the other side of the Viacomas in Napa. So, it's still Napa County. So, where's that? Like, so, so if you look at a north, south, east, west map like normal and you see Napa Valley, uh, there's Sonoma on the left, Napa Valley right, and in the middle is the Mayacamas. So if the Mayacamas are on the left, Napa Valley's in the middle, the Viacamas are on the right. So that is your Atlas, your Pritchard Hill, your Howe Mountain. That's that home right, St. Helena. That's that whole right side of Napa Valley. So it's on the other side of that range. The the call I mean, the Calla Lily, Calla Lily, whatever. It's a literally flower. It's actually a really cool looking flower. Um, they're right at the base of Howe Mountain on the other side of the valley. So they get that little extra heat. You know, they're still on the side of a sloped mountain. It's and I know they have some really cool uh, winemaker who was doing it. The name, you know, obviously eludes me, but dude, this wine is, as you like to say, banging. Banging. It's low, honestly, for it's a good monster style wine, but the alcohol is low. It's not overly burning. The tannins are soft and smoothed out. It's got all the flavor profile. 13 vintage, amazing vintage. Uh, yeah. It's unfine, unfiltered, which when you do pull the cork, you have to clean the neck out a little bit. Like, yeah, it's sh- got that grittiness on sh- the show that sip. Show that cork a little bit so like you can see like the, the, the chunkiness on top of it. Like... It becomes like a yeah. geode as it dries it's out. Like and I know some of the bottles I've opened up, like I've had, sandpaper, I've had yeah. to actually go in and like clean it out before I start to pour it. I mean, you could see the sediment forming in my glass already, and we're not even at the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what everybody wants in a Napa Valley wine: tons of flavor, bigger mouthfeel, bold flavors to it, super tasty, balanced like, though. Yeah, you know, it's I a mean, well-structured wine. I never even heard of them until you. Me, me either. Them. It was it was presented to me by a good friend named Pat Jasmine. And she came by with a few wines to show me at the place I was working, and this just blew my mind. And literally, I looked at her. I was like, how much do you have? She's like, if you buy it all, I'll give it to you for this price. And I was like, I'll buy it all. Yeah, I remember you came to me. I was like, yeah, we're doing all yeah. that. And then, and, I, and then I found it randomly uh, on one of those random websites. On, which Online websites. So, so it, was a, it was a future vintage. Yeah, it was their 2015, which I got, or my dad actually bought it. I bought something. But either way, uh, and it was just as good. But their case production was cut in half, and I actually thought it was a hair bit... Better and not better in like a, I don't know how to say it was like it was almost fresher versus this is definitely has the right amount of age on it. Seven years. It's yeah. Ready to drink right now. I mean, it's 18,000 bottles. So there's six packs. So 3,000 six packs. Yeah. And the, the other one was 9,000. So then I, but you're right though. Wines like this are about to pop up everywhere on the cheap. And I think that's what people should look for. And I, one thing that I think a lot of people, if you do want to, especially during this time, Go buy your wines direct from, obviously, wineries to support them if you're within a vicinity of it. Obviously, being in Scottsdale or, well, Arizona in general, there's only so many of us. But, you know, go support the little stores that are trying just to barely hang on. Um, Or even if you have a restaurant by you that's offering really inexpensive pricing, go snag some stuff up. You could probably get some really, really fun wines. I mean, honestly, make friends with the wine reps. Right? Dude, those poor wine reps, man. Wine reps around the country are... A lot yeah, of do they even have jobs at this point? A lot of the restaurant, which we call the on-premise teams, have lost their jobs. A lot of the delivery drivers and warehousing people have lost their jobs. Distribution has taken a huge, huge. hit. Um, so a lot of the off-premise teams, which are the people that sell to retailers, are doing okay. And some of the teams are actually trying to 
uh, support their on-premise team by having them help out in the off-premise side. But there's only so much business you can do. I mean, you already have a team built to support all your... What do you think the... Va- if, if you took wine and you cut it in half, stores... We're going to remove uh, direct-to-consumer from this. We have stores and restaurants. What do you think the restaurant absorbs wine-wise? 60 75% of all wines? No, it's like 20%. Restaurant, that's it? Really? Yeah. It's, it's like 80% off-premise. So like a, a, a Total Wine, a Safeway, a Belmo, you, you, blah, you, blah, blah, you, blah. You go to a, a restaurant, you buy a bottle of wine with your friends, maybe two. You go to the store, you buy a case of drinking on Sunday with your family. There's Think about the amount of bottles you've bought this year to drink at home versus the amount of bottles you've bought in a restaurant. It's fair. That's a good point. Granted, I did get stuff from direct-to-consumer being a big one. Of course, but that's just the, a general rule or is that so much more wine is sold off-premise. You just don't need as big of a team to sell it because you can go and sell a pallet of wine, 56 cases, put up a big stack at a grocery chain and just watch people take it, whereas 56 cases to go to a restaurant takes a little bit longer. That's fair. The, the thing about the restaurants is that the wine you know is being consumed Whereas the retail, yes, they're selling it, but that wine is might go home and sit in someone's cellar for six months. Yeah, and the restaurants are an opportunity for it's a little more branding in a way because you're having it by the glass, and you might if you go to a restaurant and you have two glasses of this Pinot Grigio that you just were like, oh my god, this Pinot Grigio is amazing. Then you go and you're going to buy it retail, and you're going to buy bottles to drink at your friends on a Sunday. We're going to open up three, four, five bottles on a Sunday. Yeah. But you find the wine often at the restaurant. So that's your chance to try it, to have it with food, to actually enjoy it. Whereas it's a crapshoot when you're sometimes buying stuff retail. You're just like, I'll try this. I don't know what it is. And then sometimes you see it in your cellar, like, I don't remember I bought that. Yeah, right. You know, it's almost- uh, so that changes my mind. I, I honestly genuinely thought that restaurants bought way more wine. I guess maybe certain brands would do that. Maybe buy the glass things more. We, than we talked about else. it on one of our episodes. I believe it's two thirds. I'll pull the stats for the next episodes. Okay. I believe it's two thirds off premise. And about a third on-premise, and then like 10% is direct-to-consumer. Well, the crazy thing for me is from a winery perspective, you know, uh, kind of going back to this whole beer thing, like I said, breweries have to make stuff fresh. Wineries, we only have one time to make our wine anyway, so that it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's made, and that's it. And then Mother Nature dictates how much we make versus, well, we sold all this beer, we need to make more kind of a thing. It's a good year, you make more. If it sucks year, well, you better focus. But... The bulk wine industry, I can't tell you how many emails and things I get a day now on my account that I've never seen before from real, really higher end wineries that are like, dude, we have all these barrels. We got to move a few of the barrels because they want that quick two, $3,000 check versus, well, we'll bottle it, label it and see where the market goes. But I now have an opportunity from my end to be like, dude, I can get barrels of some of the most amazing brand wines without obviously being allowed to say who it is on the cheap which they're just trying to get rid of it. Some family-owned, but a lot of them I'm noticing are massive conglomerate-owned ones. Big, giant, whether it's like a hedge fund or a real estate thing or a massive distribution company like a Constellation or Kendall. All these guys are just like, oh my God, we have thousands of barrels left over from 2017. We got to move this now. Yeah. We never, we didn't even bother to bottle it because we don't even have a second label we can do with this crap. And oh, by the way, the government's borderline closed. And it's at a functioning 10%. So try to get a label done right now. It's not going to happen for a long time. And they were sitting on 17 and then 18 just in case 19 wasn't a bad vintage. And then 19 ended up being the holy shit grail of like giving you, it's like the most giving vintage you could ever have. Dude, it was one of the best vintages for growers ever. But then, then you're too much. Then you're looking back going, wow, I'm still sitting on 17s and 18s. And now I have 50% up in production for my 19s. Like what the? What am I gonna do with all this stuff? Yeah, yeah. And it's this is my this will be my fifty dollar bottle. Well, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have ten thousand more bottles this year. I can't do that for fifty bucks. You Not to pay. mention nobody's got fifty bucks to spend in most cases. I'm telling you, you're gonna see so much cheap wine flooding the market. You're gonna see this is what happened also back in two thousand and four, five, six, seven. Like there was a plethora of wine that happened. So you got a lot of people that started creating their own labels because they were buying wine from bulk stores. Yeah. They go and say, oh, I'll buy 10 barrels of that, two barrels of that, a barrel of that. They blend it together and make their own wine and then poof, all of a sudden you have the prisoner. Mm-hmm. But then when all that dried up, those all, a lot of those places went out of business. We were buying wine at a distributor I worked for from some guys that were making private labels, their own labels, but when it dried up, then they couldn't make it anymore. Yeah. And when they went, oh shit, and we're like, wait, I have to buy the glass of this all over the place. Like, sorry, I can't get it. Or the price went up and they couldn't do it. 
So you're going to see this is going to happen again. You're going to see a ton of amazing private labels, a bunch of like people like us who are just going to buy a barrel, throw a label on it and say, this is our wine. And five years when it dries up, we might not be able to get it anymore. Yeah. And we should have a conversation after this about potentially buying barrels, creating our own spilling the truth thing and doing what we we're talking about, yeah. virtual wineries. Reach out to our listeners and ship them things because it's legal from our thing. Right, we'll do, we'll right do what now, we just talked about. Anything I think is legal. It's at a little point. bit the Wild West. It's a hair. It's it's weird because there's. I don't know if you've ever experienced. We're not quite Mad Max yet. No, but I have a great outfit if I'm going Mad Max. <laughs> I got like some leather, some spikes. Got Dude, people sh- are gonna look weird. That's I, yeah. You can have like a bat with chains and crap I, on it. I feel like we have to have a Mad Max episode where we both dress like fucking post-apocalyptic. I could do my mohawk. Every every episode, we slowly <laughs> add a piece by piece by piece to the last one. We've just got a bat with spikes and like the walls on fire. So you, you and I look like the Legion of Doom from wrestling back in the day. Yes. <laughs> yes spike, my joke of spike shoulder pads and like I am demolition. <laughs> <laughs> Damien demolition coming to you from the house. So I like funny. it. That'd be actually a really good episode. We could have a uh, wine made in like some like real shitty bath or something. Some dude change around a corner. Yeah, that'll be it's I don't know if you've ever been in it because I've been close to being in one, not involved, but around one. But there's an air to a riot. And this is it's really weird to say you can start to feel a crowd get really intense. And you see it. Obviously, you get it with concerts. You could feel a crowd building towards something and everybody does the same thing mostly djs things like that you see it at basketball games you see in a lot of places there's an air of something when you're around like protesting and big movements when it starts to get uncomfortable and people start to like frictionize and it's just it's this feeling right before ride breaks here with everything going on you don't feel that but there's a weird tension building of unease because people are bored not like, oh my God, everything's about to go crazy. I got to go riot. But just like, I think this tension of fuck this. I don't want to be in my house anymore. I need social interaction. I need to hug my friends. I need to say hello to people. Fuck, I don't care if this virus is out there. And they're just going to go back to work without anybody caring. I don't even think it's back to work. I think it's just going to go out and do shit, which will then reach out. And then people from higher levels or certain other people are like, no, everybody stay home. And like, fuck it. We don't even care anymore. That, that air is building. And it feels like it because every time I talk to people and my friends, family, they're like, I'm so tired of being home. I don't want to be home. I don't even care if I get sick. That's how the sentence always ends. I don't care if I get sick because people are fucking over this. And it's been, what, a month and a half? Yeah, I think for me it's been three weeks maybe yeah. that I've been home. I think it's been a month for us because we had to lay everybody off, which sucked. That was one of the worst feelings ever. It was the, yeah, I, I was, it was like the third week of March is when ours started. Yeah. When they shut down all the restaurants. And yeah, we've just been sitting around doing... I've watched every Netflix series out there. I've done all my... I've actually done all my weeds out back. People found some really obscure talents, I bet. I bet some people all of a sudden realize, holy shit, I'm a good painter. Holy crap, I'm a good carpenter. Oh my God, I can't stop playing video games. I think it's cool because people are going back to gardening. Like, I've had a lot of friends. I've seen a lot of people building raised bed gardens in their backyard during Sarah, this. Sarah and I built a potting bed. Well, my dad and I built a potting bed for Sarah, and I've gotten into plants. Turns out I kill them real easily when I move them around. Oh, my... My one true talent in life is growing weeds. I am so good at growing weeds. Yeah, what were you telling me the other day? You had the the one from, uh, what was that movie? uh, uh, Rick Moranis movie. Rocky Horror? Not Rocky Horror, but uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, that one. (laughs) Feed me. Totally. Like, I was like, there was a couple out there that were shoulder length. Like, I was starting to name them. (laughs) I had to to lift up uh, our little, like, fake fire pit because I sold it the other day, and I had to move my gate. And the Bermuda grass worked its way so high through the gate that it was actually like eye level. I'm like, oh, I probably should take care of this shit. It's amazing, man. It's just fucking weird times. It is. All right. So you want to wrap this little short one up here? And yeah, I think we've, this we've, was, we've this... ranted around about coronavirus long enough, I think. Yeah, it's our preseason, man. We got to get back into a... Uh, a flow again. But I will say, out of all the wines we've tried on this show, um, this is the first one from Pope Valley we've ever had. We've talked about Veter, Calistoga, we've talked about St. Helena, we've talked about Oakville, we've talked about all these written, like not people, very few people ever heard of Pope Valley. Yeah, it's just unfortunate, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's something I definitely recommend. I mean, you could see, I mean, we're not even towards the bottom of this bottle, you can see the sediment already building up in the glass. And yeah, once you get to the bottom of this, you gotta be very careful when you pour it. Coffee grounds. Totally. But you know, it's a great producer, Kala Lily. Um, it's kind of weird to say it though. Kala Lily. Kala Lily. Kala Lily. 
So, yeah, that's a that's a mouthful. Yeah, and I'll be honest, this might be something you have to go in special order or find it or have your purveyor order it for you because you're not going to see a lot of this. I mean, with only three have a website you can order from three thousand six packs available. There's not a lot, so yeah, but definitely recommend it. And like I said, we got our hands on some thirteen vintage. I don't know what current vintage is, probably like sixteen because you just you just bought some fifteen. Got fifteen, yeah. So so yeah, I mean, guys, honestly, like uh, we'll obviously get back into a rhythm again. Um, we'll be doing a little more. We'll probably do some actual areas again so that way when you listen you can get some like knowledge we'll quit ranting about the coronavirus and just focus on little things here and there yeah, we'll start, start drinking corona instead yeah do a corona episode with all four of their uh, labels hilarious yeah before they go out before they go out of business dude it's gonna be like the natty ice of beer world it only comes back once every now and then i saw a meme that the other day that said something like oh figures the first year that we get Cinco de mayo on uh taco tuesday they named the virus after their like <laughs> oh <damn. laughs> corona of course <laughs> so funny. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right well, uh, let's get this show started. And, uh, yeah, let's watch some fish and uh, enjoy this episode and uh, keep an ear out. We got a whole bunch of new episodes coming out. This, yep. this should be the third one coming out here in the next week or so. Got some backlog ones we'll definitely get out. Yeah, we got a, actually, we got a few backlog ones. So. I mean, what else are we going to do, man? We're on lockdown. Might, might as well start recording. All right. Cheers, fucker. Cheers. I can't cheers without wine. Hold on. I know. Bad okay. luck. Right? There you go. All right. Cheers. cheers. Thanks.